the world around us has changed dramatically. But God's normal hasn't. The new normal is when God's standard becomes my own standard. A new dawn has arisen. You can talk to God in the morning when it's quiet or any time of day. He wants to hear from you and loves to talk to you. So remain steadfast in His love and not distant from Him. Live by faith, not fear. Live by His standard, not the world's. What's up, Rock Family? What's up, Rock Family? Happy Sunday. We got a great message. I got my screen. That means we got some stuff we're going to do. Can't wait. Let's get on our knees. I'm Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock Church. Happy New Year. I know it's still not January 1, but we're in January. Hopefully you are having a better year. If you've already broken your New Year's resolution, get back on the horse. Let's go. Let's go. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, I pray you challenge us, encourage us today. Open the eyes of our heart that we may see who we are more clearly today. And that we may have the kingdom of God be our new normal. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's get up to get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. On the count of three, say word. One, two, three, word. Turn to Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. Got up story for you. I have two brothers. One's a, uh, one was a boxer, pro boxer. Another one was a pro football player, quarterback. And he, um, when he was in college, my brother Don, when he was in high school, he was an All-American in high school. And then he went to college, went to Syracuse University. He was the Heisman runner-up um, in college. And he was also an All-American. He won all the quarterback awards and best quarterback in the nation. Davey O'Brien Award, Johnny Unitas Award, all these great quarterbacks. And he ended up going to Sugar Bowl. He was actually the fourth ranked, uh, first ranked passer in the nation, first ranked passer in the nation, and went to the Sugar Bowl. Sugar Bowl was in New Orleans. We got to go down. It was on New Year's Day. It was one of the, at the time, the four big uh, uh, bowl games that they had, the four biggest bowl games. There was no playoff at the time. And we're going to the game, and, my, and you have to understand, my brother at the time was the number one quarterback in the nation. So he was a big cheese. Bro, you know, broke all the records at the school, blah, blah, blah. So we go down to the game, and we're standing in line outside the stadium in the rain. And all the tickets for the families and the, and the school was at this will call where you go and get your ticket. And my dad was just fuming, thinking, why are we standing in this rain? They better have our tickets. And, you know, he was thinking they're not going to have our tickets. We're not going to get in the game because of drama he had been through already. So he was already on edge. I'm like, Dad, they're going to have our tickets. They're going to have our tickets. So we wait. I don't know how long, but waiting in line, waiting in line. And we get to the, to the ticket booth and there's a lady, two ladies sitting at a little table for all the, these thousands of tickets. So he's like, they better have our tickets. I said, Dad, they're going to have our tickets. They had our tickets. So we get the tickets. And as we're walking in, right as we got the tickets, we looked over and there was a couple, a man and woman, crying. 
I said, Dad, look, what's that? Let's go over there and find out what's going on. So we go over there and find out what's going on. This is the Syracuse fans. These are, you know, it's our family. So we go over there and say, what's going on? They said, they didn't have our tickets. We flew all the way down here. We have 11 people, and they didn't have our tickets. So they were experiencing what my dad was worried that we were going to experience. And this lady is literally tears coming down. Her family's getting ready to play the game. It's, you know, 80,000 people, whatever it is. And we said to her, we are Don McPherson's family. Now, you have to understand, at that time, at that school, he was the man. Okay? And so when we told her we were his family, her tears just evaporated off her face. And we told her, we will get you 11 tickets. Stay right here. And they stood right there. We went around, went to all the parents because they didn't rip our tickets up. And, I, and we got 11 tickets, gave it to them, and they got in the game. Even the security guard, when he heard what we were going to do, he just turned around and walked away because he knew that, you know, they, they didn't do anything nefarious, that we were trying to help them. We got them in the game. Now, whether it was illegal or whatever, don't worry about it. But the point is this. As soon as we said that we were Don McPherson's family, that name in that school at that time had juice. You have a powerful name that's more powerful than you can ever imagine. And it is the name Christian, Little Christ. You are part of God's family. Last week we started a series called The New Normal. Amidst all this division in the world, all this power struggle in the world, that there have been, we've, we've adopted all these somewhat different norms of mask and distancing and all the things, the different language we're using. And I propose to you that don't let that be your new normal over kingdom normal, the kingdom of God. But the only way you're going to live as someone in the kingdom is to understand and have faith in your kingdom identity. Point number one, kingdom normal is living by faith not fear. If there's one characteristic that I notice all around our country and our world is that people are living in fear. Let me read Romans chapter 8, verse 15. I didn't, you did not receive a spirit again to fear, but you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit that you receive is not a spirit that is trying to get you to be scared. It's a spirit by which you say, Daddy, that God has accepted you. He loves you as part of the kingdom. You must live by faith, not by fear. Number two, number two, uh, the kingdom normal is based on our kingdom identity, not our worldly identity. Now, I'm going to park right here for a while because it is so critical for you to understand your identity, and have faith in your identity. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What you're seeing in culture is people are scared of a lot of stuff. God says, I don't want you to be scared. I don't want you to live by fear. I want you to live by faith. I have not given you a spirit of fear. I've given you the spirit of sonship, adoption. You belong to me. So you must understand your kingdom identity. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is Christ, is in Christ, they are a new creature. The old has passed away, the new has come. Why is this important? Your new normal must be your newness in Christ. Your new normal must be your new identity. 
It must be your new relationship with God, your new perspective, your new power, the new authority under which you live, the new authority that you carry. That has to be your new normal. Amidst all what's going on in this world, and by, let me tell you, it's not going to get better. The world's going to continue to fall apart. It's going to continue to get more confusing. It's going to continue to get more divisive. People are going to continue to be more angry, more violent. And your new normal must be the foundation of Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God, which is eternal. We talked last week. It's now and in the future. It is, it is going to, you're going to experience more and more of it as you walk with God. So who are you? When I was in, started playing football in Pop Warner, every time we had to go out and uh, you had to get a physical to play football when I was 10 years old. And we always had to bring our birth certificate, a piece of paper. And I remember that piece of paper. Every year I would look at it and I would, this birth certificate basically said my first middle name and where I was born, born in Brooklyn, my family's, my, my, my mother's name, my father's name. And, and that, that piece of paper was, I, I usually only saw it when I had to um, sign up for football, football and get a, a physical, get a physical to go to school. It was just two or three times a year I would look at this birth certificate. And it was who I was. It said who I was. But really, that's not my true identity. My true identity is who I am in Christ. Your true identity is how you, who you are in Christ. And when you walk into a room, instead of saying you, your family name, you say your, your heavenly father's name. And what happens, the demons shudder because they fear God. That's the, that's the identity you need to carry. That has to be a new normal. If anything you've gotten out of the last year and all the uncertainty of not only the last two years but even today, just the uncertainty in life. Every time you look on the TV, some laws changing, some policies changing, CDC saying this, then they say this. It's so much uncertainty. If you've gotten anything out of all that, life is uncertain. God is certain. So you must know who you are. Because if you don't know who you are, you won't know how to act. You won't have the right perspective. So I'm going to go through something on, on the screen. I love working with the screen. That I'm going to show you who you are. You are physical. You have a body, a soul, and a spirit. Watch this. Watch this. Body, soul, and spirit. You are a body. You are a soul. You are a spirit. This is so critical for you to understand who you are and how you live. Number one, the body is your physical body. That's one part of you. Okay, this is, just, this is just a shell. And we're going to talk about this, okay? Your physical body. Your soul is your mind, your conscience, your will, emotions, your personality. It's kind of the unseen part of you that's, that's interacting with the world. We're going to talk about how you interact. But this is, this is your soul, okay? Your body, your soul. And then spirit. It's part of you that's spiritual. A lot of times people are spiritually dead, inactive, not happening. We're all right here and right here. Now, next step is that your body interacts with the physical world. You touch stuff with your body. You touch physical things, okay? Your body, you put makeup on your body, you put clothes on your body, you put stuff in your hair, you put shoes on, you, you, you can feel the cold or the hot to get in the water. Your body interacts with the physical world, okay? physical world. Your soul interacts, watch this, with your spirit, I mean your spirit and your body. Your soul's in the middle. My emotions can interact with my voice. My emotions can also interact with God. 
my, 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 my mind can interact with my thoughts and, my, and make my hands move. My mind's doing this, okay. My mind can also, God can give me the mind of Christ. So my mind, my soul is in the middle, interacting with my body and the spirit. And the spirit, what, guess what, interacts with God. The spirit, watch this, Romans chapter 8, we just read it. It says, for you do not receive a spirit of uh, bondage, again, to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children. God's spirit interacts with us to say we are God's children. Sometimes people come to church and say, I feel like God's speaking to me. And sometimes you can cognitively in your head think that, but then you can kind of, you can't feel it, but you can feel it. You just know it. It's God interacting with your soul. He's speaking to you. He's communicating to you. He's revealing stuff to you. He's saying, I just want you to, matter of fact, this is what's, what's interesting is sometimes you'll be in a place and God, you just sense look right. You'll sense read the Bible. You'll sense, hey, go ask that person how they do. Matter of fact, when I was walking in the stadium that day and that lady was crying, something just said, look over there and go over there. I didn't know those people. I said, Dad, let's go over there. Let's find out how we can help. God said, go over there. The spirit's interacting with your soul, which is interacting with your body. Because God spoke to my soul. And then my, and my soul said, hey, move your feet. <laughs> this is who you are. Okay. So you got your body interacts with the physical world. Okay. Your soul interacts with your body and spirit, physical and spiritual. And then your spirit, this is where the Holy Spirit goes, interacts with God. Interacts with God. Okay, next one. Your identity in the physical is established by what you see in a mirror. Watch this. This is a mirror. And you can see me, right? So, cameraman, you got that? You can see, I see my face. The only way I can know what this looks like, obviously I can look at my feet. But really, I look at my physical body, I can see the identity of my physical body. By looking in the mirror. The reason we all look in mirrors every day. Because we want to know what our physical body is. You, don't never, you never look in the mirror to know what your soul is. You, you can't see anything. You, now, you can look in the mirror and find out what your soul, how it's interacting with your body. Because you start yelling, you're crying. But all you can see is the physical. You can't see the emotional. You can see what the emotional does. But you can't see the emotional. So, you, see, you interact with your body you, and you can see what it is. And, and, and understand the identity of what you're wearing by looking in a mirror. Just understand, remember, mirror. I see my physical body by looking in a mirror. My identity in the soul is established by what I feel, feel and think. So how do you feel? I'm depressed. How do you feel? I'm, I'm anxious. How do you feel? I'm sad. So how do I interact with my, my uh, and identify the conditions of my soul? It's how I feel, how I think. Okay, if I look at my leg, my leg is, is there. It's, it, I see the shape, the texture, the, the color, if I have hair on it or whatever. I, I'm not thinking about what it feels like. I'm looking at it, okay, or I'm looking at it in the mirror. But for my soul, it's about what I feel. It's, what's, it's what I think. It's inside. You follow me? So I, I, my identity is established by what I see, okay. Do I, do I, do I look good or not? by what I see. Do I look good by what I feel? Okay. My spirit. This is the important thing. This is, this is the million dollar point. 
your identity spiritually is established by God's word. Now, here's what's so important. Here's what's so important. If you wake up tomorrow and you feel bad, that has nothing to do with who you are in the spirit. If you wake up tomorrow and, you, and, and, and your breath stinks or your hair is jacked up and you look in the mirror and you, you got little, your eyes are red and you got, you know, your breath stinks and your hair is all messed up, that has nothing to do with who you are in the spirit. Nothing. Nothing. So your identity here is only by what you see in the mirror. Your identity here is only by what you feel. But your spiritual identity, this is so critical, your spiritual identity is based on this right here. Now, I'm going to back up. If I want to see my physical place, I look in a mirror. If I want to see my spiritual identity, I look at the Bible. But if you never get to the Word of God and never understand who you are spiritually, you will think that you are this, what you feel. You will think this is what you, th- what you think. You'll think that's who you are. If you feel discouraged, you're going to think that's who I am. If you put money in your pocket, you're going to think that's who I am. If you think people, if people treat you good, you're going to think that's who I am. If people treat you bad, that's who I am. That is not who you are. It's just who you think you are. But who you are in Christ is established by the word of God. So your spiritual mirror, if you want to look in the mirror of your spirit once you get saved, the Bible says anyone in Christ is a new creature. When we talked about the new normal, your new normal is your new creaturehood, your new kingdom. If anyone is Christ, he's a new creature. If you want to see what that new creature is about, you can completely ignore all this. Because your newness of, is in Christ. The Bible will tell you that. The Bible will tell you who you are. It will tell you the authority you have. It will tell you the, the, the nature of God's reign in your life, his purpose in your life, his plans for your life, his destiny for your life. That's where you see it in the Bible. Why is it so important? Because as the world around you is tripping, tripping, and you, you, you feel discouraged, you think you're going to lose your job, you feel like everyone's against you. And by the way, you may lose your job. People may be against you, but that has nothing to do with who you are. How many, how many, how many of y'all lost your job before? I got, I, I've lost jobs. I got cut in the NFL three times. One, two, three times. I still have both my legs, so my body didn't change. My feelings went up and down depending on where my, I was with Christ and how, felt, how I felt in my relationship with God. But this never changed. It never changed. Now, watch this one. The salvation impact. This, is whole, this may, may send this whole thing over the top. When you get saved, the salvation impact to your body is zero. In other words, if you're overweight when you get saved, you're still overweight when you get saved. If you got short hair when you get saved, you still got short hair after you get saved. If your breath stinks before you get saved, your breath stinks after you get saved. Unless, of course, you brush your teeth. You, nothing's changed. You got two feet when you get saved, before you get saved, you got two feet after. There is no impact on your body when you get saved. Zero. How about your soul? None. If you're depressed before you get saved, you still can be depressed after you get saved. Stick with me. That can change, but stay with me. If, you, if you're bad at math before you get saved, you're bad at math after you get saved. If you don't like reading after, before you get saved, you're, you're not necessarily going to like reading after you get saved. Stay with me. Stay with me. Things change, but stay with me. That doesn't affect. But what happens when you get saved? Complete new creation. Now, remember, 
This is determined by what the Bible says. It's not determined by what you feel. It's not determined by what you think. It's not determined by your physical body, how tall you are, your ethnicity, your gender. It has nothing to do with that. This is only spiritual. Now, remember we said the soul interacts with the spirit and the body. How many Christians do you know, their lifestyle is no different. They prayed to see Christ. They came down crying, snot coming out of their nose. <laughs> and, and they had an experience. And then a week later, they're smoking weed again. I did. I went back five, I, five years after I got saved, I was doing drugs still. Why? Because my soul made no decision to access that. My soul made no decision to change. It made no decision to interact with the spirit. And so my mind and my emotions were telling my body, do the same thing you were doing before. Because when I got saved, the thing that changed was this. Now, over time, once you make a decision here, you're thinking, to say, I am going to rely and trust in the new creature that I am in the spirit. I'm going to believe and learn about my new identity in Christ. Then my new normal will change. I will start to live like what? This says I am. I will access the power this says I have. <clears throat> I will start to think with the mind of Christ as this says I have. This says I have the mind of Christ here. I got to have this mind of Christ influence this mind of a knucklehead. That's your new normal. If that, if, if you can... Believe that there's a part of you, the Jesus in you, the Holy Spirit in you that is perfecto, powerful, has authority, and you can access that and understand the identity you have and walk in that power. Matter of fact, we're going to uh, access that power in a couple of weeks and we're going to do a healing. Yes, because you have power. This has access to all the blessings in the heavenly places. Ephesians 1, 3 says, the Bible says right here, Acts 1, 8, you shall receive power. Here's where the power lies. It just, you just need to make a decision in your soul, in your mind to access that power and, and, and it'll flow through your body. So when you lay hands on somebody, there's no power in these hands. There's no power in my soul, but there's power in my spirit. And when I say, Lord Jesus, I am making a willful decision to surrender. To you. So this power to flow through what I say, what I do, how I pray. This is your identity. If you could start walking in this and start believing this, it don't matter what happens out here. Because even if you die, you're a new creature. You're eternal. You have eternal life. A bullet cannot change this. Can't. You've entered into eternity already. You entered eternity already. I'm going to read a list of things to you, and I want you to read these with me out loud, wherever you are. Wherever you are, I want you to read these out loud with me. It's a list. It's going to be a long list, but all these things are facts about who you are. They are facts about your, your spirit. They are facts. They're not something that is going to be true. And now, it may going to be true in your daily activity and experience, but spiritually, it is a fact of who you are. My family is from Jamaica, West Indies. I have Jamaican blood. That's a fact. It's just a fact. 
And in, and in, in Jamaica, uh, the McPhersons, they're, they're all over the place. That's my family. And, and by the way, I have Chinese. My great-grandfather, Kim Fong Wong, Kim Fong Wong, they called him Charlie. I don't know where he got Charlie from. But he was straight from China, came from China, <laughs> had a baby with a black woman, and that was my grandmother. And so I got Chinese people. There's a whole town with Wongs and, and the Kim Fong Wongs family. I, I don't know them, never been there. Would love to go there, but that's a fact. That's in my blood. Okay, I can ignore it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's there. The fact that Jesus Christ is in you and the Holy Spirit is in you, you can't change it. Whether you think about it or not, it's there. We'll take advantage of it. So I'm going to read stuff that is factual about you. And imagine if you can meditate on these things, learn these things, talk about these things, walk in the authority, walk in the fact that that's who you are. It's like having a ticket to a game and you're thinking you can't get in. You got the ticket. Use the ticket. So I'm going to read these to you. I want you to read, read these out loud. Wherever you're at, sit in your living room, you're, you're at another campus, you're somewhere around the world sitting in your, in your desk, in your car, watching on your phone. Say these out loud. Declare these. Don't say, oh, I think I'm anointed. I think I'm forgiven. I think I'm. No, no. Declare them. It's factual. Get them in your head. It's factual. It's factual. So here we go. There's a whole lot of stuff. And I'm going to be going. I'm using energy. I want you to do the same thing. Ready? Wherever you are. I am his adopted son and daughter. I am the king and the priest of the most high. I am approved. I am an heir to the king. I'm accepted. I'm a friend of God. I am reconciled. I am his beloved. I am the apple of his eye. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I am blessed. I am hidden in Christ. I am the joy set before him. I am seated with Christ in the heavenlies. I am anointed. I am chosen. You are chosen. You are anointed. God chose you. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I am made in the image of God. I am called. I am exquisitely fashioned. I am destined. Exquisitely fashioned. Has someone told you that you're ugly? God says you're exquisite. So who are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? I am destined. I am a child of God. I am sealed. I am a temple. I have been filled with the Holy Spirit. I am crucified with Christ. I am a workmanship. I am redeemed. I am a new creature. New creation, I'm a royal priest, I'm the salt of the earth, I'm a living stone, I am the light of the world, I am a holy nation, I'm the head, not the tail. You are the head, not the tail. You are not to be beat up, walked on, trampled. God says, I have put you at the head of something. Even if, it, even if all that is is your own life. I'm an heir, I am above, not beneath. I am a branch. Now, question is, do you believe that? That's it. Can you get in your head that in 2022, my new normal is going to be kingdom normal. I'm going to live according to what the word of God says is true about me. Now, I'm going to study it and pray that it becomes true practically living through me. But the spirit of God in me, the new life that I have, it is set. Now I have to surrender to it. I have to appropriate it. I have to access it. I have to submit to it. I have to let it flow through my life. That has to be your new normal. Stop getting consumed with the news. Stop getting consumed with social media. Stop getting consumed with the arguments with your family and your friends and all about all this stuff. And say, Lord, I am a child of God. That's on my heavenly birth certificate. The Bible says in Revelation that when we die, we're going to get a, a stone, a white stone with a name on it. And in the first century, a white stone was like a ticket to an event. 
And on that stone is going to be a name that only the recipient and God knows. There's something about you that only God knows. He's trying to reveal to you about you. And the only way you're going to see it more, more clearly and live and walk into it is to dis- detach yourself from the noise. How do you do that? Spend time with God every day. Put your alarm clock on. Get up. Go to a spot in your apartment, your house, your car, wherever. Get your Bible, pray, read, read, listen. Ask God to review. Ask God to send godly people into your life to speak to you, to reveal stuff to you. And watch God do an amazing thing in your life. I'm going to pray right now that God would open your eyes up to who you are. And for some of you saying, listen, I don't have Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask Jesus into your life. But for the rest of you, I'm going to ask God to stir your heart that you would say, I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God as my normal. And I'm going to be a kingdom man, a kingdom woman. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, I pray you stir up in the hearts of everybody listening. That they would desire and hunger and thirst to understand their identity in Christ. Their kingdom identity. That they would seek first the authority of God and clarity about what that authority means. I pray they listen to the sermon again and again to understand the difference between the body, soul, and spirit. And that they would realize in this spirit there is perfection. There is the presence of God. There is the power of God. There is the authority of God. And that they would learn to read the Bible to see and understand who they are. And if somebody has never received Christ, and you figure that's all foreign to me, but I sure would love God. I would love to be a new creation. Pray this prayer. Dear God, please forgive me of all my sin. I surrender my life to you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I want to be a new creation. I want to be a child of God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.